welcome to Coaches on a Mission. I'm Dallas Travers, and if you're a values-driven coach, you are absolutely in the right place today. This show is committed to giving you a clear path toward a business you're truly proud of, and I'm just really glad you're here. My guest today is Deepshika Sairam. She is a spiritual mentor who helps leaders and high-achieving entrepreneurs walk the path of spiritual self-mastery as they get beyond the noise of their inner chatter and go from chaotic and restless to serenity, calm, and into their highest self-expression. Deepshika uses a delicious mix of divine feminine and energy work to help her clients match their inner state to their outer outer reality while guiding them back to their true nature. This episode is the perfect introduction to human design, which is a tool that Deepshika relies on quite a bit. And human design can serve as essentially a GPS for you in your own spiritual journey, your business journey, and of course, the journey of your life. So let's get into it. Hi, Deepchika. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I am so excited to be here, Dallas. Thanks for having me. Of course, it's been a bit of a long time coming. We scheduled this. I think so. Like yeah, seventeen years ago. Does that feel right? <laughs> well, yeah, in the current day and scenario, like who who even keeps track of time? <laughs> yeah, it's so true. All right. So the reason I'm so excited to have you on the show is you are just a genius about human design and how as women in business, we can use our human design to break free from hustle culture, make really informed decisions, just really feel more embodied in our businesses. So we're going to get to that. But Mm -hmm. first, I am so inspired by your personal story. So would you be open to just sharing your journey with our listeners from being this stay-at-home mom who actually took allowance from your husband Mm -hmm. to where you are today with this multi six-figure business. Absolutely. I would love to. And thanks for, um, you know, calling that out. Like you said, I was a stay-at-home mom. I I moved to the U.S. I was born and raised in India, uh, lived there for my entire life, got married there, and I moved to the U.S. for my husband's work. So Mm -hmm. I had, I was actually on a sabbatical, which is another different story on why I took the sabbatical, but I was on a sabbatical and I was like, oh, this is going to be a good vacation. We were just going to be here for three months. And it turned out to be a longer term commitment. And my husband's job, they made him an offer to stay here permanently. So we moved here. And uh, within, I think, the first couple of years, I got pregnant with my first one. And um, we just decided that I was going to be a stay-at-home mom, Yeah, look after my son. My husband was in a traveling role, so he used to travel all the time. And then it it was a temporary situation. It was just like, okay, just, just for a little bit. Yeah. And then that one year turned into um, six years, uh, two kids, and I never got back to work. And initially, I loved it. I mean, I love, I still date. Like being a mom is my favorite thing to do yeah. on, on planet Earth. Uh, but I, ha- I was coming to this point in my life where I was starting to feel a lack of self-identity. And I know a lot of women since then have come up to me and said that, oh my God, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And um, I was starting to feel these whispers of there's more for you here. There's more for you. This is not it. This is not it. This, is, this can't be it. 
And I was also starting to feel a little bit of dissatisfaction in my um, usual roles of laundry folding and uh, dishwashing and all of that day in and day out. And one day, Dallas, I was on a playground with my older one. He was in kindergarten at that time. Uh, okay. So I had a five-year-old and almost like a one-year-old. Okay. And he was, he, we were at the playground. We were at a play date with lots of other kindergartners playing with my son. And they suddenly, for one second, they all surrounded me and started asking me um, some question. And they weren't using my name because they probably didn't know me by my name. They knew me as my son's mom. So they were they were calling me by my son's so Ikshan's mom, Ikshan's mom. And I don't know what happened, but it just suddenly struck me that I I have a name. I want to be called by my name. And there's a fun fact. I named myself when I was three years old. So I actually do love my name a lot. Oh my goodness. I love that story. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so uh, that was a, that was my first, almost like a light lightning moment that I want to create my identity. And at that point of time, honestly, it wasn't even like, I want to make my own money. It wasn't even that, Yeah. but it was just, like I want to create I want people to know me by my, know me by my name I don't want to be my son's mom my husband's wife my parents daughter I want people mm-hmm. to know me by Deepshika and I had no idea what to do like I, I I absolutely had no idea but you know I think um the universe works in such amazing ways they give you this he or she gives you the whispers and mm-hmm. once you follow take the first step yeah they show you the they show you the path one by one um so it just happened that there was this opportunity for me to freelance as uh, almost like a social media manager um, for an online entrepreneur. And I had no idea what this online entrepreneur meant. I had no freaking idea. I didn't know what this was, but I love to write and she needed some social media writing and I was good at it. And I started doing that and I realized that I was good at it. And slowly, it was almost like word of mouth. Mm -hmm. It started spreading and I started receiving requests from other entrepreneurs who wanted the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's the time I realized that, oh, this isn't only good in me creating my own personal identity, but also now I can contribute financially to my family. Yeah, I can come to a point where I do not have to take an allowance from my husband, pocket money from my husband to go get a spa pedicure. I can actually make enough money to not only pay for my own things, but also contribute financially yeah. to my family because up till that point, it was not happening. So just slowly by slowly, I just took really baby, tiny steps, scared to death. I remember my first Facebook live that I did. I thought that I will die. <laughs> I literally thought I would die. Right? I did it. <laughs> and then you're like, oh wait, no one watched. I'm fine. No one was there. It's perfect. Well, that is, the, the funny thing was actually my first, inst- my first Facebook live uh-huh. was watched by 2000 people. Oh my goodness. And the uh, I, it was a, such a funny story. I always tell people who are starting out that I was so scared of do, doing that live, yeah. especially because my younger one was still home with me. Right. And uh, I, I put him for a nap. I, I thought that, you know, he would be sleeping. I'll do the live then. And lo and behold, yeah. three minutes into the live, he like waddles in. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I had to pick him up and put him in my lap. And luckily I was talking about having your own business while being a mom at that point of time. It's kind of perfect. So yeah, right somehow, on yeah, it, it <laughs> resonated with so many people and it was watched mm-hmm. by 2000 people. And I got so many messages from 
from husbands, from men mm. um, that, hey, and at that time, Insta- uh, Facebook algorithm was also a different thing at that time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like this today. Uh, but of course, that shut me down for the next three months because I was like, holy shit, 2000 people watched it. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but that was that was the start. That was that was how I started, and then literally slowly I took yeah. one step. Sometimes I took leaps. Sometimes I took five steps back. Sometimes I hid in my cave after doing something courageous. Mm-hmm. But um, by my second year of business, I'd I'd uh, broken through six figures, and by third year, we'd made multiple six figures. That's awesome. That's awesome. So Thank looking you. back on that journey and thinking about like through the lens of your purpose or even your worldview, how do you think, is there a message that you think Mm. your journey really reveals for other business owners? Absolutely. That's such a great question, by the way, Dallas. Um, Yes, there is. So my mom who passed away um, in my first year of business, which was a huge Mm -hmm. setback for me, Mm -hmm. she was a multi-talented. Like if she was alive today, she would have kicked every life coach's ass. Like she was so, she had such great wisdom and she was so amazing. She was multi-talented. She was a, she was a writer. She was, she was amazing in like art. Like she was, uh, she used to paint. She used to write. She used to cook. She was uh, an interior decorator. So it was like multiple things. She was multi-talented. However, when she was growing up and when she, there was a time when she actually had registered for a interior decoration course, but her father told her to get a job okay. um, and she had to make that choice. And I saw my mom, even with so many of her dreams and actual talent, how that made her wither. Mm-hmm. And all the women in my family who were equally talented they did not have a choice. They had to choose between should I stay home and look after my kids and my husband or should I take up a job? There was no choice. And when I went in the the playground that day, when I was struck by that, I want to create my identity. I was faced with a similar choice. Uh, Should I go, should I go to work or should I continue and stay miserable? And there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong in being a stay at home mom. I loved it. I enjoyed it. There's sometimes when right now I feel like, Oh, that was, that was easy. (laughs) Right. Whose idea was it to start a business? That was easy. It it's not easy. It was the most difficult job that I had. But um, I yeah, totally. I I think um, I had come to a point where I wanted to make a choice. And as a woman, in front of me, there were only two choices. I should go get a job in New York Mm -hmm. City, commute five hours in a day, or stay at home and crush my dreams. And that was not acceptable to me. So it was like a defining moment in my life that almost the culture, my upbringing, patriarchy has given me these two choices. I'm saying no to both of them. I'm going to yeah. create my my own choice. Yeah. And I think that's the message that I want to leave um, you know, here with to women mm-hmm. that sometimes we only have the choices that have been shown to us by our culture, by patriarchy or by the people who've gone before us. And there is always a third choice. It comes as whispers, not as loud. But if you follow that, uh, the more more path will be revealed yeah. to you. I really appreciate you sharing all of that. I know because what I'm hearing you say is for you, it's so much about reclaiming your identity mm-hmm. and allowing that full identity to be seen and appreciated. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's really powerful. I know for me, my daughter will be seven in December. <sighs> um, a big motivator for me when I have those moments of mom guilt. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause there are days when I'm not doing either job well. Mm-hmm. Right. I remind myself how important it is for me to show her what it looks like to be a resourceful, empowered, strong woman, right? Who can't, who has her own identity and can still be, and be a mom. And those two things aren't necessarily separate, Mm -hmm. but they are definitely, it's like they're sisters, right? Instead of enmeshed. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. And even though Dallas, I don't have a daughters, I have two sons, two boys, and it, it was, it's so vital to me to show to them that it's possible to go after your dreams. Like if you ask my, my kids, and of course they're kids, what they Mm want to be, they have like five things. They want to be stand-up comedian, architect, something else, something else. And, um, you know, if this was, I mean, 20 years ago, we would have been told, no, you can, you have to choose only one thing. You can't be all of those. And we tell him, no, you can do all of those. Yeah. You can, you can be a stand-up comedian and you can and an you architect. Can be an architect. <laughs> you do what you want to do. Uh-huh. It's so true. It's so true. My daughter right now is just really starting to understand like what it means to be a boss. So she'll often <laughs> ask me like, are you the boss? So I'll mention a client, right? Or someone on my team and she'll be like, okay, wait, are you the boss of them or are they the boss of you? And I'm like, uh, I think we've taken this boss conversation a little too far. <laughs> That's so cute. I love so fun. Hey, I've got a question for you. What's your coaching superpower? If you haven't thought about it, I've got a free quiz that's pretty good at deciphering your magical mojo. Are you great at creating connections? Maybe you're a natural leader who people just trust, or perhaps it's your strong sense of purpose that you really need to leverage. Let's find out where you are, where you want to be, and how to best get you there with the Coaching Superpower Quiz. It'll take you about 45 seconds to complete, and when you're done, you'll learn the precise steps you need to take, whether you're ready to scale your business, you want to build your list, or you just need to find some paying clients. Plus, you'll get your very own personalized toolkit that caters to your unique superpower because accentuating the positive is always a good idea. So if you're ready to clear away the fog, chart your course, and steer your business in the right direction with as much ease and grace as possible, go take the superpower quiz. You can find it now at sixfigurecoachquiz.com. Thank you for sharing all of that. I would love to dive into a conversation about human design. Mm, Let's do that. So let's just begin by creating some context in case Mm -hmm. we have some listeners. This is a podcast for coaches. So most of our listeners are are in and excited to learn more about human design. But let's just start at the top. Can you just talk a little bit about what human design is? And then maybe we'll dive into the different types. For sure. Okay. Yes. Um, so just, you know, a heads up, this is such a lengthy conversation and there's so many layers to human design. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best to explain it in the limited amount that I have with you today. So I think of human design as um, kind of like a GPS. Yeah. So I always say, where do you live, Dallas? I live in Portland, Oregon. 
Awesome. So let's say if I, I, I am in New Jersey. So if, let's say if I were to go from um, New Jersey to where you are, Portland, Oregon, um, I and I wanted to drive, I'm going to put the coordinates on my GPS, right? Yep. It's going to show me the probably the easiest, uh, less traffic. Google Maps is going to show me the, the path that's going to take me to you in the shortest amount of time, the easiest path possible, right? Of course, there might be traffic jam on the way. There might be uh, some roads might be closed, but it's always going to create a detour and tell me. Uh, now, it's it's up to me if I get in the car and if I decide that, oh, no, actually, I'll, I'll drive south. I'll go to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll go to Portland, Oregon. Then I'm it, it might take me longer. It might be uh, you know, an inconvenient trip. So human design basically is the easiest. I wouldn't say easiest. Like, don't quote me on that. It's not the easiest, but it is right. the most aligned yeah. path for you to get there. It's the correct path yeah. for you to get to what your soul desires, your soul goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's what human design is. It'll always tell you how you should live. In other words, I always say that remember those nudges of how you should behave, how you should be your interests when you were a baby, when you were like five years, six years of age, right before the age of seven and eight, that's the human design. That's a human design talking. Because after that, we all get this cultural conditioning, conditioning from our yeah. parents, from our, from our caregivers, and we forget who were we really. Yeah. That's what human design is. So there are five types uh, of human design. The first one is a manifester that I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very rare. They're about 8% of the population. There's um, there's manifesting generators. I believe you are a manifesting me. generator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're about 33% of the population. Then they have their, there's generators. So manifesting generators are actually a combination of generators and manifestors. Mm-hmm. Generators are about 37%. And then there are projectors. Um, and I forget, I think probably 20, 23%. And then the last one are reflectors. They're very, very rare. They're about less than 1% of the population. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just the, so how I look at human design and it's a, I, I I haven't really publicly said this ever, but I kind of look at human design differently. There were, I was on a podcast once and somebody asked me, um, so where does human design not work? And I said, human design do- works everywhere because it literally tells you who you are. Mm-hmm. However, we have to understand that uh, we are all culturally conditioned as well, totally. yeah. right? So how I see human design as is all of us are unique, right? So as you can see that there are five types of human design types. And even in your human design types, there are, there are different things. You could be uh, an emotional authority. You could have a three by five profile or a two by a one by two pro- profile. There could be a difference in charts. All, to, all is to say that every human being is so, so unique. Mm-hmm. So the way to uh, live our life, run our businesses, um, you know, uh, how we coach our clients, also is unique. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my philosophy behind human design. Mm -hmm. Um, So for example, let's go through a little bit of like a definition of what each type is. Let's do it. So for example, let's, before we do though, let, I want to just reflect back what I heard to make sure I understand, but also to help our listeners understand. So human design, a great way to think about it is it's the GPS that you were born with, Mm -hmm. right? And it will indicate an aligned way to 
move forward toward our dreams and goals. Mm -hmm. Understanding that we're all raised in the world where there are external influences. Mm -hmm. Those external influences also carry weight and kind of like a horoscope, let's say, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a Capricorn and I can look at the description of Capricorn and be like, yep, 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 yep. Maybe. Yeah. Right? Where it's, there's certain elements that really feel like me, but other elements that perhaps do not. The Mm -hmm. same is true with human design. So Mm -hmm. it's uh, understanding human design is about appreciating the nuances and like the essence of Mm -hmm. the definition rather than sticking to the letter of the law. Right. Absolutely. Got it. And, okay. and I was just talking to a friend the other day and I was, I was, we were discussing and I said, everything doesn't have to be about human design. You know? <laughs> Wait, like it you doesn't? Said, <laughs> yeah, everything doesn't. Like these days I feel like everything is about human design. Yeah. But just like you said, yeah. you know, and I'm a Capricorn too, so I'm excited. To yeah. Okay. Good. About that, <laughs> that, you know, there will be some things that you will resonate with and there will be some things which you won't. And we have to understand that's because we've all been raised and, you know, brought up so differently in different yeah. cultures. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you absolutely nailed it uh, with uh, with your understanding. Uh, so let's let's talk about the different types and brief description of what they are. Um, so first is of course manifestors, which are like I said, I am, and manifestors are initiators. Um, they are the ones who will get this urge, get this idea, get this intuitive hit. And their strategy in this world is to initiate. Now, when I say mm-hmm. their strategy is to initiate, what it's not to do is him and haw on it, take permission from everyone else, take approval from everyone else, which manifestors tend to do a lot. Mm -hmm. So that's what they're supposed to do. They get this inspiration from source universe, whatever you believe in, and they are, they are supposed to just take action. If they wait to, you know, um, you know, for the world to chime in, they get into this weird space of like misaligned energy. Uh Mm Yeah. Yeah. However, what one thing that they should always do, and it's the strategy of a manifesto human design, is to inform people. So, for example, let's take an example that I, um, you know, I wanted, I got a, this hit that I should start a health coaching business. Um, my strategy should be, okay, I got this hit, let's let's start it. Okay, so let's go create a website. Let's put some offers out there. Let's let's get some clients while informing my people. So, my first thing would be probably just set my husband down and say, hey. I'm doing this, right? Or to tell my family members and then create an Instagram post maybe. So to informing people. Uh, A lot of people can get confused between informing and taking approval. When people, when manifestors are informing the people around them, whether it's their family, their children, their team, their, their clients, their audience, what happens is that they line up their energy with their energy and matches. However, when they don't inform and they just initiate, people are like, I don't know what's happening. Totally confused. They feel like you break everything you touch, right? Exactly. You're reminding me, are you familiar with the Colby um, assessment? Mm -hmm. So this sounds sounds like a quick start. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm very quick starty. So my team, like we have certain protocols in place so that I just don't break everything all the time. Um, In my experience, if you are a manifesting generator or a manifester, you will be high on the high quick start. Uh I'm a high quick start as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's their strategy. Um, 
The second one is a manifesting. So let's talk about generators first, because it's easier to then understand manifesting generators. Generators are here on this planet to do the work that really lights them up. Hmm. They really should be listening to their soul desires and only doing that. And they've actually been told not to do things which makes them happy. They're told to live for others. Hmm. And they're, they're conditioned to, um, if they if they listen to their own desires, they're selfish. So they don't do that. That's like the deconditioning that they have to go through. But generators are the ones who really should be tuned in to what their soul desire is and then take action on that. It's said that any invention that's been done in this planet has to be done by a generator because huh. they are so smart and they are, um, you know, if they listen to their soul desires, they can literally create magic. Yeah. Their strategy, however, is to respond. It's to it's to wait to respond. It's not to initiate. So taking the same example, if you know, I if I was a generator and I got this idea, because all of us get intuition and hits, right? right. All of us get mm-hmm. inspiration. If I get this inspiration to start a health coaching business, my strategy, the correct strategy would not be to go and start creating it and announcing it and getting clients. My correct strategy would be to sit on it for a little bit. So I always yeah. say, Go bake a cake. <laughs> go go right. take go a do walk. Some, yeah, take a walk. Those do something that really lights you up. And when you do that, it always happens that the universe will give you either an energetic sign or a physical sign that this is your path. So, for example, I go for uh, go for lunch with friends, mm-hmm. and one of my friends says, "Oh my god, Deepshika, you look so great. You always eat salads. I never eat salads, but you always eat like great healthy food. And you have like, two kids, you're nearing for You look so great. Can you teach me how to do that? I have a hard time, you know, managing my health. That's my sign that oh my god, yeah. I need to do this. So that's a generator. Manifesting generators. Can can I ask a question about generators? Yes, of course. I can, Go ahead. I can almost imagine that generators could easily get stuck in this no like in this weird middle zone of needing permission before mm-hmm. they act but that's not what you're saying here no okay right no you're saying like get the in get the intuition let it ruminate and then watch for signs mm-hmm. uh, signs that you're aligned which yes. is different and from like getting buried permission. in your own fear and waiting for permission and seeing an authority other than your own self as more Absolutely. important than accurate yeah okay. absolutely you nailed it and um and those signs could even be uh, you know, like lyric to a song or you're mm-hmm. at the library and you see this book or you're um, like just on Google and there's a health coaching certification. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. However, your job is to just wait and almost even like kind of start visualizing in your yeah. mind, kind of, you know, um, uh, thinking about it a little bit rather than taking action on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. The manifestors Manifesting generators are a combination of manifestors and generators. So they're they're these unique people who can do both. They can also initiate, but they have to wait. What do they have to wait for? They have to wait to get a little bit more clarity on how it'll go. It'll play out. Mm -hmm. Yep. So they get this hit. They get this intuition. 
the correct thing for them is to not start initiating right away, but just to wait for a little bit of time to get more clarity. So I always say, if you are a manifesting generator, just start playing out how the scenario will lead out in front of you. Maybe instead of creating a website, you can start Googling. Um, Googling, is that a word, by the way? <laughs> I think so. Yep. You're good. You're good. <laughs> You can Google that, uh, you know, health coaching, um, names for health coaching um, certifications or um, how to find my domain name or uh, what do I need to do to register my business in the state of California? Mm -hmm. Um, Or if you were planning to, let's say, open a shop, maybe you can start looking at your township, like, you know, um, availability rates Mm -hmm. or or rents or something like that. Right. playing out the scenario and what happens is that you will get that clarity. Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember this scenario where one of my clients, she was actually, um, she was hoping to open a physical store. She used to sell candles and um, she was walking. She was, she was a manifesting generator and she was walking by her downtown and she saw this shop that she had imagined like she had visualized it exactly in the same spot the same kind of like you know with the window facing uh, a certain side and uh, she put she put the deposit down and she got it so that's how things work with manifesting generators that is so interesting because I'm a manifesting generator Mm -hmm. and as I'm listening to you I think I'm just thinking about how how I operate and how I often operate mm-hmm. is not helpful. <laughs> so I get that hit and I take immediate action. Mm-hmm. But 90% of the time when we are taking on a new initiative in the business, what it looks like is, all right, we're doing X. We take three steps toward X and then I change course. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, change my mind, Mm -hmm. but I'm just thinking of a really concrete example, an upcoming webinar we're doing. I knew the name. I bought the domain. The landing page was created, right? There's the name. And then last night I'm like, oops, no, that's not actually the name. And Mm -hmm. it's because I don't give myself that little bit of Mm -hmm. generator time Mm -hmm. for my intuition to really line up before I act. For sure. I really hear the, the truth in what you're saying here, because I yeah. experience yeah. the pain of not waiting. Yeah. But I will mm. also tell you this, that uh, that's exactly what a manifesting generator will do. Oh, right. Okay. So, ma- so the difference between a manifester and a manifesting generator and a generator is uh, an MG, a manifesting generator, they're really fast. Their energy is faster than most of the team members. They mm. go like, zoop. Yep. And they usually change their mind. Because the energy is so fast. And in our world today, we are told that it's wrong to change your mind, Mm -hmm. right? However, it's actually right for manifesting generators to go experience that and then be like, okay, no, I'm not doing that. I'm doing that. Yeah, it's my favorite thing to do, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I always tell them, my clients are manifesting generators. They're usually multi-passionate. They Mm -hmm. are photographers, copywriters, authors and 10 more things yeah like my son he's a manifesting generators and he's like into like five different things at one point of time yeah so that's that's actually what you described that's a true definition of a manifesting generator that makes sense that makes yeah and what i'm getting just from this conversation which i think is so helpful for all of our listeners and it's just the experience of what you described by understanding how i innately operate when i'm aligned Mm -hmm. I don't have to judge it. 
right? So now my process becomes, you know what, like how I move through things is changing my mind. That's when I know I'm aligned instead of adopting all the self-doubt or self-criticism that might come when we're like air quotes here, right? Doing it wrong. So it's really illuminating for me. Yeah. And I mean, the the whole conversation and the the dynamics around it would change when you just tell your team that, okay, this is how I operate. I might yeah. decide it and we might change it. So every, and that's again, as a manifester, your strategy is also to inform as an MG, sorry, your strategy is mm-hmm. also to inform because you do have the manifestor in it. And then your team can be aligned that, okay, Dallas might change her mind. So we are all ready and on guard for that, for her to yeah. change her mind. That's yeah. all right. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So we've talked about the first three. There are two more types. Absolutely. All right. The next one is a projector. They are literally my favorite people on earth and projectors, um, are, I call them the lighthouses. Mm-hmm. They are here to be literal guides to everybody. Projectors make the best coaches, by the way. They mm-hmm. are, they're, they're the lighthouse. They, if projectors stand in their own brilliance and they shine their light, they can literally get lost people to come towards the light. That's what their soul um, you know, gift is. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite people, um, Barack Obama is, uh, mm-hmm. is a projector. Mm-hmm. Their strategy and projectors, people get confused with projectors a lot. Okay. Their strategy is to wait for the invitation. And when people hear this, they're like, what the F? Like, how am I supposed to wait for the invitation and not right. do anything? Mm. Right. However, it isn't like, don't, do not take it literally. So let me explain what that means. So let's say go to a party. Right. Um, if you go with me, you will probably see me go to other people and say, Hey, I'm Deep Shikha, what's your name? Mm-hmm. If a projector does that, they would be super uncomfortable because that's not their correct way to operate in, in life or right. business. Mm-hmm. Right. So as a manifester, um, like I can easily do an outreach and send a message to someone and say, Hey, I'm doing this workshop. I think it'll be great for you. Come. As a projector, someone would find that very, very super uncomfortable because their strategy is not to initiate. It's to be wait to be invited. Mm -hmm. However, what projectors need to understand that is they don't have to do anything to be wait to be invited. Their awesomeness just brings on the invitation. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So if they go to a party and they are literally like enjoying the life, they're like dancing, they have a drink in their hand, they're having this amazing conversation with someone, or they're just by themselves and being the lighthouse, shining the light, everybody looks at them and say, oh my God, wow, I want to join her party. Like mm-hmm. I want to, I want to have what she's having. Mm-hmm. So I tell my projectors is what I tell them that you have to be the lighthouse. You have to stand confident as a lighthouse. A lighthouse never goes to every, you know, um, like a, a, a captain of the ship or lost right. people on the beach and says, come here, here's the light. It just stands and it's brilliant and it shines mm-hmm. the light. Mm-hmm. And when a projector does that, invitations will follow. Right. So it's just defining as a projector. It sounds like it's about defining what does it look like for me when I am being the lighthouse? Yes. that w- Because it's not passive. 
No. Right? It may look passive yes. on the outside, but it's mm-hmm. very intentional. Absolutely. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes the invitations they get is an actual invitation that, mm-hmm. you know, hey, do you want to come on my podcast or do you want to do this event with me? Sometimes it will be an energetic invitation. Um, and um, I'm, I'm just going to give you an example. Sometimes people also get really confused with this whole waiting for the invitation thing. Um, I have this client who is going to be doing this speaking engagement in a couple of days. And uh, she, we got on a hot seat and she said, Deepshika, how can I, um, you know, get more leads from that speaking engagement? I'm going to be speaking yes. there, but tell me because, you know, most of the strategies out there are for manifestors and manifesting generators. Um, so I told her, I was like, you know, you can ask them for their emails. And I gave her a few strategies that have been super successful in the past. And she was like, but this is not an invitation, right? And then I had to remind her that, remember, you already got invited right. to this event. Yeah. Sometimes projectors also get into their head like we have mm-hmm. to be getting the invitation. We have to remember that you already got an invitation to do this, whether it was a physical invitation or an energetic invitation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that projectors cannot take any action, can never reach out, can never pitch for a podcast. You can just wait for that energetic or a physical invitation. Yeah. And we are, you're always being invited. You're right. never not being invited. Right. Like Barack Obama ran for president. There was yes. work that he did there. Exactly. He didn't just wait to be put yes. into the White House. Great. Exactly. Yeah. And his invitation would have been, there's an election. There are people who, who, right. has, who have to like be nominated to stand in the election, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was his invitation. <laughs> Another little note about projectors is mm. the biggest work that projectors need to do is on their self-worth. Mm. Um, our industry hasn't been very fair to projectors because a lot of our marketing right. has been just do it, get over the fear and do mm-hmm. it, feel the fear and do it anyway. And that makes projectors very unseen, very um, almost like invisible. And the biggest work, if they can realize that they are amazingly worthy and they mm-hmm. are the lighthouses, they're unstoppable. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. I'm thinking about the people in my life who might be projectors. So, yeah. All right. So there's a third one, which is one less than one. one. Oh, a fifth one. Sorry. And it's less than 1% of the population. Is that what you said? Yes. Less than 1%. And -hmm. they are called reflectors. And Mm -hmm. as the name suggests, Dallas, they are, uh, they're here to be reflecting all of us. They are the reflectors Mm -hmm. of the community. Um, Most of the human designs, all the other four are solar human design and reflectors are the only ones who are lunar human design. So they are associated with the moon cycle and their strategy sounds very funny. It's to wait till 28 days to make a decision. And that's like, what? Right. 28 days, but it's actually really fun. I've worked with a couple of uh, reflector clients and, um, one thing that I, uh, two things that I say for my reflector people, A, because they are, so if you look at their human design chart, Dallas, every other human design type will have some of the areas colored. They're called um, centers, uh, yeah. gate. They will be colored. Um, however, for a reflector, the entire chart is empty. It's blank. Hmm. And so what they do is they, whichever community they are in, they take it in and they reflect it back. They take it in and they amplify it. So one thing that is superiorly important for a reflector is to choose their communities carefully, choose their right. friend circle community carefully. 
because they're just impacted by their surroundings in such an intense way, right? Totally. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, I always say, and this is good for every human on the earth, track your moon cycle, like track how you feel every day so that you don't have to say, oh, you asked me to marry you. I'm going to wait for 28 days to make a decision. (laughs) Oh, right. Okay. So the 28 days is go through (laughs) an entire moon cycle to make sure that it still feels like a yes. Yes. However, if you track it, if you know how you feel every day and you you can already see a pattern, I made made one of my clients do it for Mm -hmm. about three months. And by the third month, we knew her pattern, how she feels every day of those 28 days. And then making decisions became very easy for her. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great strategy. Okay. Well, I just feel like we got the perfect intro to human design today. Yeah. Speed and shot. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So I can imagine our listeners feeling curious and hungry to know their own human design, to take this further. So what would be a rock solid first step for our Mm -hmm. listeners to take if they feel inspired by this conversation? So, I mean, there are so many um, great human design um, articles on Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many people now. When I started doing human design, and I don't, I don't do readings, but I, but I use it with my clients. It, it wasn't even heard of. Like people right. wouldn't even hadn't didn't even know what human design is. But now almost everybody knows it. There's so many great people who are talking about it on on um, Instagram. I have um, I have a blog for each type. I didn't. I I think I haven't got to do the reflectors yet, but how they are in business. So manifestors mm-hmm. in business and projectors in business. So if people want to check out my website and check out those blogs, that would, might be a good first step. But I would Great. say just, you know, follow your strategy. If you're like so curious, about, if you're a manifester, you're like, I want to learn everything right now. Go spend two hours on it. Book a reading. If you are a generator, then just like dip your, dip your toes into it a little by little. Yeah, that's great. We will link to those blogs um, in the show notes. But I know when I got my human design, I just Googled like human design test or something. And there are a lot, some of them are even free where you can enter in your info and get your human design revealed and then taking that further to book a reading so you understand it, I think would be really helpful. For sure. Mm -hmm. And just remember to use it. Remember everybody that you have agency right? So human design is a tool for you to utilize. It's not necessarily uh, the dictator of all of your decisions. I love that you said that. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was a fascinating conversation. I see how passionate you are about this and it's just, it's really inspiring to see. And I can, I'm sitting here watching you thinking, gosh, her clients are so lucky that she relies on this tool to really be able to meet them where they're at and Mm -hmm. help them move forward in an aligned way. Deep Chica, it's Mm -hmm. just fantastic to have you here. Thank oh, you for my, coming. totally my pleasure, Dallas. Thank you so much. And yeah, I, I absolutely love human design and even Colby, anything that, anything that gives us a peek into who we are, because mm-hmm. our businesses shouldn't be a boxed cookie cutter version of someone else's business. It should yeah. be exactly custom curated, like a Chanel couture gown for every nuance of our personality and our energy. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, thank you again. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We will see you back here next week. Bye-bye.
Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things <laughs> to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us, and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be Insta friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers biz mentor. You can do that now and you just might find some funny reels while you're there. So believe me when I tell you it'll be worth it. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and I hope you have a wonderful week.